Welcome back here to Local News Live. Graham Olkins along here with Ashlyn Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, Ashlyn, how you doing tonight? You know, we're okay, and I'm hoping everybody else is sailing smoothly into the week. But unfortunately, right off the bat, a solemn start for a lot of folks and uh, friends and families impacted by this weekend's Astro World Music Festival. Our company, Gray, making these graphics so we can really take a moment to commemorate eight victims that tragically lost their lives again in Houston at Travis Scott's Astro World Music Festival. This is the complete list of names, which means friends and families have been notified, they have been identified, and now they are beginning their grieving process. And really when I look at this list, you can see ages ranging from 14 all the way up to 27. Just a reminder that music is what brings folks of all ages together for entertainment purposes to make folks happy. So my heart just really hurts uh, for the people impacted again at this music festival this weekend. Uh, well known uh, and a lot of folks looking forward to those type of things happening. And it's just so sad to kick off our week and to have this happen over the weekend. So I just really wanted to take a moment and really commemorate uh, what was going on. Yeah, it really, it does break your heart to see the 14, the youngest, but then all of the victims mm -hmm. so young here. Um, we've certainly been following this story and we'll continue to do so as it develops. It's still so early on. Yeah. And we're just now getting to hear from some of the family members. We heard from um, one of the dads today uh, speaking with an attorney as well right. as, as they've already started some lawsuits in this, trying to figure out what went wrong and hold people accountable. But, uh, you know, it's still just a, a few days old. Um, but to hear now the stories, to see the faces, right. uh, it really is heartbreaking. But, um, yeah. It's just one of those situations where it could be you, you know. Everyone loves to go to a concert or to some type of entertainment venue. And it's just one of those that makes you stop and think. And it really is just tragic. This is the news that you never want to have to break. And I don't enjoy reporting on this type of thing. And luckily, our company took it upon themselves to make a beautiful graphic just to really commemorate the victims. And so this is what we have to focus on now. And it's going to be a long road ahead for a lot of people. So... Yep, and we'll continue to share their stories, of course, as we learn more about them. Um, another interesting story that is kind of sad in a way, too, right. but it has a good ending, uh, at least this time. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, just a sad situation. But uh, what is this story? So this is something where you can finally say social media got something right, and we're specifically talking about TikTok. You know, a lot of parents warn the usage that their children or how long they might be spending on this particular app. But in this case, it quite literally led to the rescue of a teen girl. So the symbol for distress, which has been basically learned and gone viral through TikTok and through the app, through this social media, is a palm up and then your thumb to your palm and four fingers down. And that is precisely what a teen girl did in a vehicle traveling on I-75 to passerbys to try to gain attention and say, hey, I'm in trouble, I'm in distress, and it worked. Uh, somebody saw this, called 911, kind of tracked where the vehicle was, giving the correct location, and it ended up leading to arrests. And uh, so, yes, uh, a good ending, as you could say, leading to this, you know, arrest. But another eye-opener, the more you know. And we have the full story as well to play. Good evening to you. We are learning more about the rescue of a missing North Carolina teenager. She was found after a driver recognized a hand gesture that was a plea for help. And this story has gained national attention. 61-year-old James Brick will be back in court tomorrow. He's charged with unlawful imprisonment. Tonight, we're hearing the 911 calls from the man who noticed the girl needed help. WKYT's Phil Pendleton has the case in our top story at 6.
He was headed south on Interstate 75 and saw a girl in a car's passenger seat make a gesture that he recognized. Uh, I've been following the Toyota Corolla from Matters County. We just crossed the Laurel County past 849. Uh, this female in the passenger side, he said he was about to run out of gas, but he stayed with the car for about eight miles, giving clues to the sheriff's deputies to make a stop, all because he recognized the distress call that originated on TikTok. And a few seconds later, police made the critical stop. And, and the deputies uh, that made the stop, they even said that they were in plain vehicles and that she was still doing that signal, which they didn't identify what that signal was at the time. Police are still investigating what happened, but sheriff's detectives did find an inappropriate image of the 16-year-old victim on the suspect 61-year-old James Brick's phone. He's in jail. The victim is back with her parents, who are from North Carolina. New York Times. WHAS, Washington Post, CNN. While sheriff's deputies have been busy telling the story to a nationwide audience. I really think prior to this, there's very few people that knew that TikTok signal that, that I'm in distress, I need help. Sheriff's deputies say this awareness could help other victims held against their will. In Laurel County, Phil Pendleton, WKYT. The suspect, James Brick, is from North Carolina. He is right now, though, in the Laurel County Detention Center. Wow, that really is incredible. And I certainly have never seen that that symbol before either. Right. Um, so that was an education for me, too. And just so thankful that, that someone knew what it meant. Uh, yeah, and luckily, this is the actual true power of social media bringing good to the forefront. And I've seen similar videos like this where folks say you need to follow a service dog. So when you see a service dog in their vest and it comes up to you, that is a trigger. You are supposed to follow that service dog because that means that there's potential danger surrounding their owner. And it's like, I only learned that from an online video or from a social media post. It's like, I don't know these things. And it really, truly, it's like, thank goodness. Thank goodness for, for these type of viral videos. Yep, you're absolutely right. And I had heard that about the service dog too, but I forgot until you just said that. But See, there we go. Yeah. The more you know. That's awesome. The more you know. That is awesome. <laughs> well, let's okay. continue on yeah. with a little positive trend, shall we? We are bringing you an update to a story that, Graham, you and I brought months ago. We are talking about Norway's Women's Handball League. And months ago, the big debate was whether or not they should be allowed to wear more covering uniforms. The Handball Federation lists that the Women's League is to wear bikini-style essentially bikini-style bottoms and more of a sports bra bikini-style top. Well, in their latest league, they mostly rebelled. The team, the women were fined $1,700 for going against protocol, against the Federation's uniforms, and now it's been announced that the Federation said, okay, girls, you can wear shorts. Good. I think this is something that I think everyone will be happy about. And didn't, I think, was there like a, a someone stepped up to pay their fine for them as well? Or they there got was some like donations. Multiple people, yeah. like artists, Pink. Yeah. She had tweeted about it. Billie Jean King, Tennis Great, was on Twitter. You know, there was a lot of talk surrounding this because the women said, we don't want to wear a bikini, especially when the men's league could wear a full covering tank top and longer, looser shorts. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's one of those weird things that somehow gets codified into a rule. It's mm -hmm. like, 
Like, mm -hmm. why is this a rule? So I'm glad common sense has prevailed yes. uh, and that they're that they're able to uh, to wear the shorts now as well. Because yeah, it, it doesn't matter. They're they're playing volleyball. Exactly. It's athleticism. So here we go. So this was great. That was our update. Again, we brought that to you months ago, and, and continuing with uh, celebrating. Oh, maybe. Okay. <laughs> You had to have the special touch on there. The Milwaukee Bucks, congrats to them, NBA champs, hitting up the White House. We've got a quick little snippet here from our gray DC bureau, uh, just showing the celebration. Uh, a team hasn't been an NBA championship team, hasn't been to the White House since 2016. So this was a pretty big deal throughout the day uh, with President Biden, and of course he made a big speech. But hey, congrats. Yeah, I remember that night when they won too. We were streaming the uh, we were streaming the the big celebration. You saw a clip of it there. Yep. Uh, and that was fun for a city that really kind of uh, had been waiting on a waiting on that championship for a long time. And it was a good yes. run for the Bucks, obviously. Uh, and uh, yeah, I watched a little bit of uh, President Biden there with uh, he he had a connection with one of the players from Delaware or something today. They went back and forth and just look how took how tall Giannis is. Though, I at know. The, uh, Wait, at I was going to make you say his name. I was going to say oh. Graham. You did such a good uh, yeah. job pronouncing his I mean, name. I say I can say Giannis. I, I, I no. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get ripped yeah. apart on this. No. I don't know. But don't worry, the I world also doesn't yeah. know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. It's always fun when the uh, the sports guys. Go Go to the uh, the teams. Go to the White House. It's always always is interesting. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's fun. It's a, it's a nice thing to celebrate. So again, congrats if you're a Bucks fan. This was your day. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> okay, we are rounding this out with something that I didn't know existed, and it's from my home state. So let me just jump on over to Facebook. This is what I learned today on Facebook. That there was a hurricane on Lake Huron in the year of 1913. So I shared this to my Facebook page as well. So the National Weather Service of Gaylord, Michigan, basically compiling this little image here, where we learned that at least at least 235 lives were lost. So this was the course over three days. It was November 7th through the 10th. So this is marking the 108th year since that hurricane on Lake Huron, like I said, I never knew existed, uh, but it's basically over the next three days. So yesterday into the 10th. And uh, so 235 lives lost, 10 ships sank and 30 other vessels crippled. And I just literally saw that and my jaw dropped. I had no idea. You hear about, you know, ships sinking or lives lost on the Great Lakes. And I pulled this up just in case folks are unfamiliar with the, with the placement. Me, I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> so Lake Huron, this is what we're talking about. But it, that was just crazy to me because, you know, Graham, you and I, you you know, live in a southern state. We talk about hurricane coverage and severe weather all the time. And I'm always like, Michigan's okay. You know, we get severe storms and tornadoes, but we're okay. And then I see this today and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. I got to tell Graham. <laughs> I wouldn't have ever thought that. I mean, sure, like lake affects snow. And I know there's like big storms, but I would have never thought like a never. cyclone event kind of like a, as big as a hurricane or on that kind of scale. Um, and I always think about when we think about these storms that hit in the early 1900s and the 1800s, because yeah. there's big hurricanes too, um, that these people had no warning. There was no forecasting. There no. was no, like, we are so lucky to live in this age of meteorology and technology that we can get some, some notice when storms are coming. I mean, can you imagine though, just watching the weather get worse and worse and how scary that must have been for those people? Honestly, and yeah. when we describe the Great Lakes, you know, being from Michigan or if you live in Michigan, you describe it as if you're describing the ocean because you don't see land, you know, 
know, on the other side. All you see is water, so it's seemingly as vast as an ocean. Uh, and so when you hear of these storms, you think, okay, yeah, I could see this being being a big enough storm to take it down. But in no recollection of mine or any teachings have I learned that there was cyclonic winds or hurricane gale force winds. And there was one sentence I just want to say that really just made my jaw drop, and it's in the historical marker. And it says, for 16 terrible hours, gales of cyclonic fury made man and his machines helpless. So just to add to how scary that must have been, and I just thought, wow, wow, what a week. Yeah, and uh, our prayers go out to those, I mean, those folks who yeah. probably still have a lot of family members that, I mean, it wasn't, you know, that long, just over 100 years ago or so. And, right. Uh, so, yeah, for those uh, folks who can trace their lineage back to that awful day, but we have to pause and remember, too, even this, this many years later, uh, and hope that there are Hope that this winter doesn't bring anything like that at all. Right. It's, so that was our Michigan tidbit, our yeah. historical fact for today. So <laughs> I know my family might be like, oh, okay, yeah, look at her. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard that either. Yeah. I, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashlyn. We appreciate it.